Snap goes high over the head of Big Ben, all the way back to the two, to the one, and the Browns have it in the end zone, and they dive on the ball and recover it for a touchdown! Not a bad start. It's a gleam, man. There's a gleam. He's going for Landry down by the end zone. A tumbling catch for a touchdown. Touchdown, Nick Chubb. Mayfield's got the snap. Looks right, throws right, end zone. Touchdown. Anybody's the same old Browns. You, it's not the same old Browns. This is different. Welcome in. This is not the same old Browns podcast. I am your host, Andy Lytle, and this is episode five. I uh, hope everyone's been enjoying the podcast so far. Uh, appreciate everyone, all the kind words on Twitter, the feedback. Uh, it's it's kind of it's been overwhelming, man, and I truly appreciate it. It really means a lot. Um, I was excited about this endeavor and launching this podcast in March, and I kind of raced to do so. And uh, so far, so good. And uh, you know, if, even if you have negative feedback, you know, hit me up on Twitter at Andy Cleves underscore at the show at not same Browns. Uh, let us know. All feedback is good feedback. Um, I definitely want to shout out real quick. I tell you the, the Browns fandom, while it's nationwide in the United States and obviously in Ohio, the fandom runs deep across the world. And I just want to shout out all the Browns fans in, in the UK, man, you guys are 6% of my audience right now. And that is to me, that is just so cool how popular the Browns are, not only in UK and all, all over the world and Europe and everywhere. Um, so I appreciate all my mates in the UK uh, tuning in. I've had a couple on Twitter say, hey, and uh, that's awesome to me. So I truly appreciate that. And um, I hope everyone's enjoying the format. You know, it's, like last week's episode is kind of a prime example. When we have guests on, you know, I want to I, I want to get to know these people. And I want you to get to know these people a little more. You know, I want to ask them some questions that they're never going to get probably asked on any podcast or radio show or whatever. So, you know, trying to set that loosey goosey kind of intimate atmosphere is definitely what I'm shooting for. And uh, so far, so good. And today we have another guest as I am joined every week. Um, He is a sports social media producer and reporter for cleveland.com mr hayden grove hayden dude i love this dude by the way guys hayden welcome in man thank you so much for having me and i do want to i want to echo your your uk fandom i mean those guys are like paul is one of my favorite i I know we all know paul brown paul Mm -hmm. is one of my favorite people he is is a genuinely kind and funny man i love him i miss him um, you know, we, before the pandemic started, I was part of my job was to go around and do, you know, do away game tailgates and like sure. find Browns fans. And, um, yeah. And Paul was there every time <laughs> awesome. and just, and, and he's just the man. I love it. Paul. <laughs> Paul, I'm sure Paul will listen. I miss you, buddy. And I love you. And, uh, yeah, but no Jack Duffin too. I mean, there's just yeah. so many great Browns. There's so many great Browns fans in the UK who would have thought, but it's insane. It's, awesome. it's insane yeah. to me. I mean, like I'm looking cause you know, uh, my, our podcast publisher, it gives me a breakdown, the analytics of the country. Yeah. Tune in like 6% in the UK, 1% in Australia. 
Shout out to my Browns fans down under uh, Canada, Germany, Thailand, France, Ireland, Netherlands. Like it's, it's wild, man. Yeah. It's absolutely I a, wild. I have a friend named uh, Andrew Potter who is from down under. He's a big Indians, Cavs, Browns fan. Awesome. Um, tunes into a lot of the, my Facebook live stuff. So yeah, so it's, it's everywhere. It's great. I'm yeah. so happy for you that it's happening. Yeah, no, it's great. And it, yeah. it's, it's, you know, it's, it's worldwide and nationwide and what I've learned from, Cause I'm from Northeast Ohio. I grew up, I grew up in Ashtabula County and I moved out to Los Angeles in 2002 and I was out there for 15 years. And then now I've been in Vegas area for like four, but so I've been out West about 19 years now. And one, the coolest thing that I figured out was going to these Browns backers bars. Like it's, it's, it's amazing. Yep. Like, like yep. I, 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 I will never forget like the, even the 2014 NFL draft, uh, which was a horrible draft, by the way. I think. But, but besides, <laughs> but memorable the, is all hell. <laughs> memorable is all hell. You ain't lying. And yeah. like that, even for that, and that was a big draft for us. You know, we had we had a couple first round picks. Uh, there was a we still needed a quarterback. There was a lot of good quarterbacks, and that bar, the Hollywood Browns backers bar, was packed with like 150 people just for Browns draft. Like it's mm-hmm. insane. But yeah, yeah. I grew up, I grew up, so my grand, so, I mean, I guess I'm just going to tell you anyway, my grandfather um, is from Cleveland, born and raised, and he, yeah. he, and I, I was born and raised in Florida. Yes. Because my dad, my dad worked for the Cleveland Clinic down there. Got it. So, um, so that's where the connection comes in. But my, my grandfather was, you know, when I was little, it was all Browns, Indians, Cavs all the time, all the time. You know, he just, that's just, he, he loved it. He's 90 years old and he's, I mean, he's, he's kind of not with it anymore mentally, but sure. physically he's there. But, um, but I mean, you know, for the first 20 years of my life, it was just, uh, he loved it. He, he bred that into me so early on. So I was living in Florida as a, you know, as a kid watching the Browns, watching the Indians, watching the Cavs. So when he would come down, that's what we would do. We would find the Browns. We, we found the Browns backer bar. We found the Buckeyes backer bar. Yes. We would go. And that's kind of like where, that's kind of like where I started to realize like, the, like it's such a deep thing. It's a, it's a deep, like, and we, like, I was, I became like, I was eight years old, but I was like friends with all these people, you know, just watching the Browns games every Sunday, commiserating with them. Why do they suck so bad? So, I mean, it's, it, that's, we went every, like every Sunday, my mom, like, it, it was so funny because my mom is from Brexville. I'm okay. I saw, I'm sorry if I'm I'm talking too much, but oh no, dude, my mom let it my lose, mom is brother. From, <laughs> my mom is from Brexville. My mom is from Brexville, and my grandfather had a condo in Florida. He would come visit us for like maybe three, four months out of the year. But if it was during football season, my mom would be like, All right, grant your grandpa's you guys, you guys do whatever the hell you want. Like, just he'll take you to wherever you want to go. And, and then on Sundays. She would let us skip if it was if he was in town and the Browns were on, uh, you know, playing at one o'clock. She's like, all right, you can skip church today. You just got to go with grandpa to the bar. And I'm like, hey, Gone. see you there. Perfect. Don't ask me twice. <laughs> I um, know it's Easter Sunday and I and I went to church today. I, I'm a church goer, but perfect. But it was always great. It was great to uh, great to go with my grand. It was just such great memories, you know? Yeah, because I you know, what's funny, Hayden, is I've I followed you for years now on Twitter. Yeah, I, I, I want to say. I think I want to say I started following you like your senior year at Ohio State, even before, yeah. even before. Yeah, you probably. I remember. Before, yeah. Yeah. And I remember so you like talking about your grandfather a lot, mm-hmm. uh, being a big influence on not, Huge, not just yeah. Cleveland sports, but just life in general. Mm-hmm. Um, I always found that sweet. I always thought that was uh, I could just tell that bond runs pretty deep. It does. It runs really deep. Um, 
and it's i mean and it was based literally it was based on a love for cleveland sports. like not just sports i mean yes sports but cleveland, cleveland sports, sports like, that's yeah. You know, I, I have pictures, I have pictures of me when I didn't even, I couldn't, I had no control. I have pictures of me in Browns onesies. I have pictures of me in Indians onesies, Same. But, you know, and that's just what it was. My dad. So my dad actually originally is from Eastern or Southeastern Pennsylvania kind of near Philly, but not really more yeah. near Baltimore. Yeah. But he didn't really have a sports background. So it's like, he didn't really have a say he wasn't, he's not like a big sports guy. So my grandfather was like the one he was like, Oh, he needs a one Indians onesie. He needs a Browns onesie, you know? <laughs> yeah. you know? So that's what we did. I mean, every, every spring he would take me to winter Haven. We went every single year. There wasn't a year we missed. Um, we were upset when, when they left for good year, but it, that's just what it was. I mean, it was just, I had, you know, it, it was just Cleveland sports all the time. And uh, that's why I wanted to be here. I love it here. I'm so happy to be here. And, um, you know, growing up in Fort Lauderdale was like a huge culture change, but like I fit so much better here. It, it really yeah, is weird. I could see that. And yeah. it, it, it's, it's almost, yeah, you, you're kind of, you came home like LeBron essentially from Florida. I did. Move. Yeah, <laughs> I did. Yeah. So actually the funny story about that is, so I was, I was in, I was a senior in high school okay. when LeBron left. Yes. And he obviously went to Miami mm -hmm. and which is right in my backyard. So I just felt like it was a personal vendetta that he had against me to just, <laughs> it was, yeah, it was, was just come Oh, like, cause I was the one as a kid, I was the one who was always like team LeBron. I was like, Oh, sure. LeBron's the best. LeBron's the best. Yeah. And all my friends are like, no, D Wade, D Wade. Yeah. And, um, and then he comes into my backyard and they're all like, Oh, we're LeBron now. It's oh, like, no, Lord. it's not how it's not how it works. So yeah. So that was, that was ch childhood. And then, you know, obviously growing into the profession, I just, it was amazing to be around LeBron, you know, um, in Cleveland and, uh, even taking the fandom out of it is still a wonder to just watch him. And, you know, he's just, I was thinking about this yesterday with the space jam thing coming out. Um, just everything that he's been through since he's been like 14 years old, he's exceeded every expectation. He every, really has. Every, and it's, it's incredible. Cause the expectations on that kid, I don't know how anyone could live up to him. And if they didn't live up to him, it'd be completely understandable. Oh, but the fact right. that he's, I mean, I like you just said, he is far <laughs> exceeded those expectations. And that just tells you how great, the dude really is at what he does yeah i mean my so back to my grandpa he he brought me he came from he came down and he brought me a sports illustrated cover and he's like this kid is really like hey like, we got to pay attention yeah i'm like i'm like what some high school kid like i don't like i went to school in florida yep. so i don't know high school kids in ohio he's sure. like hayden this is this is a big deal like he's gonna be great the chosen and, one and the, yeah the that was the chosen one cover and i was like okay so then from there he just, would call me he'd be like do you see what lebron did you see what lebron did and i'm like no i didn't see what lebron did i'm in florida how can i see what lebron did but then once you know obviously once he was a senior and kind of get it got more into the prime light then i was started watching and Sure enough, draft night, I was here in Cleveland and uh, grandpa took me to the queue That's awesome. and I was on the, I was on Fox eight. They interviewed me. I was 10 years old. <laughs> setting the I stage, find, setting the stage find, for what yeah, was to come. <laughs> I got to find that tape. It's, uh, it's somewhere over there. They, the, my grandpa taped it and yeah, I was on I just interviewed. They were like, what do you think about LeBron? I was like, Oh, it's going to be great. I don't, I don't really even remember what I said. I was 10, but yeah. I'm, I was on there. I was definitely, I was front and center. You were definitely hella excited. I think like, I, I, cause I oh was, my God. yeah, I remember I was at uh, one of my first apartments in West Hollywood during what I remember 
when we got at the lottery, when we when we found out we got yeah. the number one pick. Because then mm-hmm. it was like, okay, we're definitely, you know, we knew we had. Yeah, that, well, that's why they threw the draft party because yeah. they knew exactly what was happening. Yeah. I mean, like, they <laughs> even, like, carried out a LeBron jersey on lottery yeah. night. On, j- just on the <laughs> exactly. lottery night with a number exactly. one on it. <laughs> yep, yep, you know, yep, yep. You know, it was funny. And Gordon Gunn was still, uh, I think Gordon Gunn was yeah. still there. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was, yeah. 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 Yep. And, uh, yeah, man, what a time that man. I remember, I remember Austin Carr just, I mean, and listen, Austin's the best. I remember him being so (laughs) emotional in 2016, um, obviously for all intent, for all the great reasons, but I remember he was just weeping when they, when they got the brown. He's the best man. He's, he is a treasure. (laughs) He is. He is a damn national treasure. Uh, We were at the, we were, we were at the Cavs. We were at the Cavs airport. I was at the airport when the Cavs came in. Yeah. After winning the championship and my good friend, Sarah Jameson, she used to work in Cavs PR. She's a great, great woman. She, she like, she was so exhausted. And I just, I remember like looking out, like she ended up going to, I don't know. Well, I don't know if I should say this, but anyway, she wasn't, she was, she was, she <laughs> you can say anything on this show. She, no, she was, she, I just remember she got like overheated and she was not doing well. But then I see like Austin Carr getting off the plane, like just weeping next to her and I'm like about the Cavs championship like there are like 30 there are like 30 cameras and this woman is just like dying from overheating and he's sitting there just weeping about the you know about the Cavs winning the championship and I was like Sarah are you okay like oh my god it was bad incredible it was it was, it was that was a hot that was a hot couple days yes it was you I don't know you you weren't here were you no I was not no I was oh, it was Andy it was so, so hot, hot. It was, it was like unseasonably like Cleveland doesn't really get like, Oh yeah. Hot. It was like Florida hot those couple of days wow. and the Cavs parade was just brutal. Yeah. I heard the brutal. temps were incredible. Of course, oh. of course, <laughs> of course they were, but I tell you, man, what a show. Like, I, the, the, I, I wanted to come back for that yeah. parade, but man, mm-hmm. um, yeah, they just seeing it's it so on. tough timing wise, you know, it was like, they, it, it was like two days after they won. Yeah. It was just like, you know, cause I mean, obviously I wasn't going to come <laughs> if they didn't win, you know, right. Um, one of your other interests, uh, is singing. Yep. And guys, if you've never heard Hayden sing, you need to <laughs> rectify that immediately. Um, what got you in to music and singing? Like, what was the trigger for that? Yeah. So, I mean, music, um, it's my family is just very my like my so my dad's side of the family is musical. Like sure. they, you know, they've played instrument, they play piano. They're very they've they've studied music. They're musical in that aspect. My mom's side of the family loves music. My uncle is a was a huge like all kinds of you know sixties seventies kind of like um, what do you call like he loved Jefferson Airplane, loved, yeah, like uh, you know kind of the folky stuff, yeah, but super super into music, all kinds of music. Doesn't really matter what it is, right? So. And my mom's favorite is Bruce Springsteen. Ooh, she the loves boss. the boss. The she boss. loves the boss. She's always loved the boss. Yeah. And um, and my dad's was kind of just more classically trained, so it was more like classical music. Okay. So so when I was so when I was growing, like when I was four or five years old, you know, singing like Mary had a little lamb or whatever happy yeah. birthday, my dad was like, "Oh, Peyton can sing," and he's like, "Well, do you like do you like to sing?" I was like, "Yeah, I like to sing." So he put so I was on voice lessons in like third grade. Oh wow. You started and young. yeah, I started young. And because I loved it. I loved doing yeah. it. I love singing anything. But then this then the, the style came like 
three or four or five years later. So I don't know. I was just honestly looking through my parents' CD collection. They have tons of CDs, anything yeah. you would ever think of. Right. I listen. I love. I I, I love Simon and Garfunkel. Oh I God. Bob, yeah. Dil- Bob Dylan. I love, but it was all old stuff. It wasn't anything new. So I just sure. listened to all that stuff. I listened to everything. But when I found the Harry Connick Jr. Blue Light Red Light album, I was hooked, hooked, hooked. <laughs> hooked. And I anything, anything Sinatra, anything Harry Connick Jr., anything Dean Martin, anything Ella Fitzgerald, all of it. And it just so happened that my voice was kind of my voice teacher was like, "You really like this stuff." I was like, "Yeah." She's like, well, your voice is perfect for it. And I was like, well, I don't know what that means, but okay. <laughs> sure, so we'll go started, with that. She kind of just started pushing me in that direction. And then, I mean, it was just, that's history. I mean, I, it's just been in my blood for 18 years of my life to this point. So, yeah, it's a little weird for a 28-year-old kid to be singing the songs, but I love them. And, I mean, there's, to me, there's nothing cooler than Frank Sinatra. Like, yeah, the, he was a, he, you know, yeah, he was just the coolest, most like and he had the i think the beauty of frank sinatra and like that kind of music is that these were guys that were singing about like emotions like they were letting their emotions go but like it was so it was considered so manly and so like macho back in the day right and all of a sudden something changed and it got like kind of you know people like either overdid it or what but you know back in the i i just think it's the it's the coolest most like authentic form of like expression and yeah. I, you know, it sounds great and it's like classy and, you know, it's, I love it. Yeah. Um, and I, I always love any, anyone that has an art, any type of art that they're passionate about the way you are. Like I kind of, I'm kind of that way about film and movies and stuff. Yeah. So, you know, that's kind of like always been my thing. Like I went to film I love acting it. school back in the day and mm-hmm. all that. And uh, it's, you know, I, I, just, I just always appreciate someone that's passionate about that. And not only just passionate about it, but really dives deep into that subject you know and yeah because it it sounds like you like everything from you know sinatra to even you know michael buble to everything today you know it seems like it's yeah the whole mixed bag like you just love music in general and i think i do i love music in general but also like i honestly i don't love to i just don't know today's music i just i love i love the i love old stuff like old school yeah yeah like give me and like you can I'll 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 listen to hip hop and R&B like from back in the day I'll listen to rap and like gangster rap and stuff like that but I'll but it's I don't know there's just something that's so authentic about it and I, now my opinion and this may like m- maybe some people will disagree I think today they just push these they they just everything is so like vanilla they take an attractive person that has some sort of a voice and they just they it's all Plop the same it's, it's yeah it's just like it's just like you know like recycled all the time yes. and this coming from someone who recycles music <laughs> constantly but 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 i don't know it's just there's no like feel to it it doesn't feel good you know what i mean yeah no i totally do because i'd say music from the last 15 years or so i haven't connected too much to it uh, not yeah. not a lot uh, because a lot- it's, i don't know if it's because it's electronic or what but like they just basically they just like you know what do they call it um something pop like recyclable pop or something yeah. like that you know yeah and all the sound on the songs sound the same because they're all made from computers and like i know that it's an yeah. art form i'm not saying like i understand no, i get what you're an, saying I, I understand that it's an art form for you know these djs to like make this music and absolutely stuff, but, but it's just i just connect so much more to the like authentic music you know what i mean like, yeah you know and that's not to say everybody's inauthentic. I mean, I, there are some artists today that I really love, but um, there's so much just like 
the same stuff. If yeah. That makes any sense. No, no, I get it, man. And it's uh, as far as um, no, I, I music today is it's like like I'm trying to think like I, I like I'm trying disposable, to disposable disposable pop is what they call it disposable, disposable pop. pop. Wow, that's a good yes. term. Yes. That's a good yeah. term. Like I'm trying to think of even an act today that that I do enjoy. I get maybe Post Malone maybe. I think okay. it's one that I kind of dig. I, I think I just like his sound. He's got a unique sound to a certain extent. Yeah, for sure. His voice and stuff, and I kind of dig it. Yeah. Um, and his lyrics are pretty deep. Um, a lot of his stuff. But yeah, I, I'm with you. Like music, the last 10, 15 years, I just I don't connect with it like I used to. No. Man, it is no, crazy. and like I love watching, like, you know, I even like I've been to con I've been to Guns N' Roses, I've been to YouTube. Like, I love like that, like I would love to go see the Rolling Stones, like authentic, like classic rock. Like yeah. they're still going. They're, yeah. they're, they're, they're still rocking. They're still, you know, they're 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 working hard to get it out there. So I know they are. I, I love it, you know. And everybody, you know, and I, I listen. I, 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 I own it. I love it. I love everybody. Kind of boxes me in with that, you know, with the Sinatra stuff, and that's what I've done to myself because hey. it's true. I, I love it, and I, I, that's what I, you love. I'm very, I'm very protective of it. Like I, <laughs> I want. Somebody it. comes in. Somebody comes in and tries to sing "Fly Me to the Moon," and I'm like, "Like, all right, brother, no, <laughs> not, not, no." You know, like, you know, not so much like that they're a, they have a bad voice, but it's sure. just like, no, nah, you don't, you don't yeah. know this song. That you don't know, like, you know what I mean. You're but anyway, feeling it, man. You're not feeling. You're not. You're not. Yeah, you just you're you're just singing it like you know whatever. Anyways, the point is is that like I'm. I love all, and I'm glad you. But I love all kinds of music. Yo, all I kinds can of tell. Yeah, all I, kinds of music. I wasn't going to have you on and not talk about music a little bit. Yeah, I know it's, it's such a big passion of yours, man. It's such a big passion. I mean, uh, the Beatles. I, 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 my mom bought me the uh, Beatles ones record when I was that's all probably awesome. eight to ten, and and I was and I was jamming. I mean, I think you know. I mean, when you look at American music, I think it's and and weirdly, they're not American. But yeah. the Beatles, yeah. But the Beatles, Michael Jackson, Elvis yeah. Presley, Johnny Cash, Frank Sinatra. That's yeah. that's the big five yeah. right there. Because I was an '80s child. I was born in '81. Yeah. Uh, my first musical act or performer that I just adored was Michael for sure. Oh. Uh, I actually, true story. I saw Michael at the Richfield Coliseum at the '88 Bad wow. Tour. '88 Bad wow. Tour, Richfield. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I was seven. <laughs> That's that that's so, amazing. Yeah, I mean, dude, the guy. That was that my first concert. My first concert. arguably. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, arguably the most talented guy ever. For ever. sure. For sure. Just the dancing, the way that he was able to like. Oh, he was I just loved to have seen him. Yeah, no, I, I, I. Back in the day, before, before stuff got a little. Yeah, hard, absolutely. But, yeah, yeah. Back in the day. Well, 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 yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I've always felt I was blessed to be able to see that. Did you know? Did you know that Frank Sinatra opened the Richfield Coliseum? I did not. He did. He did. He opened the Richfield Coliseum. That is awesome. Yep. I, I know, that. know that. I have actually, if you got one second. Yeah. Hold on. Let's see. <laughs> my, so my, my friends or my, my, my friend's mom went to the concert and she gifted me this. So oh that, my, wow. Yeah. So look and look what it says, says, Opening night, and then it says, you know, Mick Maletti, Richfield Coliseum. That is incredible, guys. It's almost yeah. like a medallion kind of. Yeah. What, what would you call that? <laughs> like a, it's like a. It, it really is like a medallion. medallion. That's it's, what it's, I would call like a, it. It's like a gold medallion. Yeah. It has the Coliseum. Like, 
yeah i think it could go like on a chain or something yeah. but literally it's just like a gold yeah literally a gold medallion that, it that says is Octo- so cool it's- it says october 26 1974 opening night that is incredible yeah that that's is pretty, it's one of my prized possessions i was sure. just gonna say i'm glad you own that possession i'm glad yeah you have exactly that. i just that- wish i was there my yeah. uncle was there. My my uncle's a huge Sinatra fan too, and he was there. But um, I was not. I was I was negative. I was negative twenty nineteen. Sure. Nineteen ninety three. I don't know. Nineteen seventy four. Yeah, nineteen. I was yeah. negative nineteen. <laughs> Oh man, I, I love that you're passionate about music, but yeah. let, let's shift this to some Browns talk. All um, right, you grew up as a Browns fan, um, and Did. like you said, you, you know, you're. You, I'm not much. I mean, I'm. I got you by a few years, but uh, the. I know your generation of Browns fans are the ones that man, what we're seeing right now, you guys are the ones that I'm the happiest for, yeah. uh, because all you guys have known is just incompetence, dysfunction, mm-hmm. losing, mm-hmm. more losing, and more <laughs> losing. Um, I guess as far as the turnaround, we're, well, let's start in the beginning a little bit. When, like, was there a period in time where you just became, where you started to become just frustrated and thought maybe like, man, this is just never going to happen for the Browns? Or did you kind of um, keep positive through all the, I'm a, yeah, I'm a very yeah. positive guy, Sure, uh, but I mean, just, you know, I just, I mean, obviously being in the business, starting to be in the most sports media business, it was sure. more of a, more of a job, you know, for sure. And during the Johnny, during the Johnny years, that was, you know, it was, I was fun because it was the first time I was around the NFL yeah. and like, it was a circus and I'm like, is this how it always goes? Like, this is so fun. <laughs> and then the, then the Owen 16, that was brutal. Just the apathy. Sucked, the, bro. It's just the a- just the apathy with going to you know going to cover them. It was brutal. It was awful. Yeah, like the Johnny stuff was fun because it was like a train wreck. It was like, oh, this is this is ep- like this is great. Yeah. Um. But but then this 0 16 one and fifteen. It's just brutal. So, um. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think like so. Obviously, growing up, it, you know, I still had hope. I mean, every every free agent they signed, every. <laughs> You know, quarterback they brought in. I was just looking today. I remember just somebody mentioned Jake DeLome, and I was like, "Oh my God, he played for the Browns, didn't he?" He sure and, did. And I was just looking. I just remember watching that Tampa game, and um, but yeah, I mean, I, I was hopeful. I love Jeff Garcia. That was my that was yeah. my guy way back. In the day. I thought he was going to. I had high hopes. So I was I I was a little excited about that sign at the time for sure. Yeah, I mean, I for was, sure. he was too. I thought he was pretty underrated with San Francisco, like. But yeah, man. to and all that stuff. Yeah, it did not end well. No, um, <laughs> it did not. So, like Col- Colt McCoy was kind of the last <laughs> before I before I got into you know, know actually actually doing it. Um, he was kind of the last hope that I had. Uh, I mean, you know, so so I mean, I I'm with you. You were mentioning that the Browns fans my age, like yeah, it's just been complete and utter misery for 20 years. So that's what makes me so excited. Um, after the game that they clinched against the Steelers, um, yes. I just remember being like, I wish, man, I wish that like we were in a pandemic. Like, I just want to see people like going crazy. Oh, I know. Can you imagine downtown Cleveland after that game? Are you kidding me? I mean, yes. it was, yeah, I mean, or even before the game, I mean, it would have been, yeah. yeah, that game was something, man, because 
just the first quarter alone in that playoff game against the Steelers, I like it was like an out of body experience. Like I, I, I have never in my whole, I I've pretty much watched every Browns game since like the 86 or 87 season. Wow. That's and, awesome. And I can't, I can't recall a time where I just felt like I couldn't believe what I was watching, even from the very start the high snap, the bad snap, and we've got a touchdown in like 10 seconds, 28 points in the first quarter. Could not believe what I was watching from, from, from your journal journalistic lens and covering, mm-hmm. covering sports and the Browns and everything. What was, I mean, what was that game like for you, man? I it mean- was still, it was, just, it was <laughs> a lot of the same, man. I mean, you know, we can be, I think the thing to think about is yeah. that, we can, we're supposed to win. Yes, of course, we're supposed to be objective. That's, that's the job for sure. But like, we're all human, right? Absolutely. We're all human. Yeah. We're all human. Mm-hmm. So like Mary Kay has been covering the team since God knows yeah. when. I mean, you don't think a part of her, a part of me, a part of Dan, a part of everyone who was watching that game. There's yeah. like, oh, my God, like what, what is, is happening? happening? <laughs> right. So like, you know, of course, I have the same feelings like, oh, my God, like what in the what in the blue hell is this? Like. <laughs> I was, you know, if it would have been so brownsy, if it was the opposite, you know? Yeah. See, like that's, that, that's a, that's, that's, an op- that's, an, that's, that's a term brownsy. Yes. Like that's crazy. Yes. But yeah, no, when they, when the first snap, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> and my, so I was watching with a buddy yeah, of mine. Well, I was going to say, where were you? For so that I game? was, I was, I'm, I'm, I was working, but okay. I didn't go to yeah. the game. So I worked from my, from my couch and, uh, and my, I was, I, my buddy came over and he's the most negative Browns fan ever, like <laughs> yeah. completely negative. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, "They're gonna blow." Like when they when Roethlisberger started throwing all over him, he's like, "They're gonna blow this. They're gonna blow this." <laughs> and I was like, "I was like, that's the old." I was like, "You gotta stop with this attitude. Like we need a new attitude." These are not like, the same gonna, old Browns. Yeah, Hayden. That's got, dude. That thank you. I gave you the perfect opportunity too. Because you, that was your moment right there. That was oh. beautiful. Oh, but man. you're right. But you're right. It's, I was like, I, dude, I told him, I was like, dude, this is a different team. You can't, like, if, if you're going to root for the Browns, you can't just be, like, sitting there being like, oh, it's going to be the same old Browns. Like, that's, that's, how the, that's how that mentality changes is getting over moments like that, being yes. like, oh, you know, they're going to blow it. So you got to – I think that's the one thing that Browns fans that, that I kind of have an outsider's perspective on. I grew up around a lot of um, – Dolphins fans, sure, uh, you know, Gators fans when they were really good. Oh yeah, and there and Clevelanders, you know, and I consider myself one. But I always it was it always annoyed me about my mom and my grandpa. They just had like this like doom and gloom. Like it was yeah. always going to end up the worst. And I yeah. think that plays into the. I think that plays. I mean, I'm not saying that it actually affects the guys on the field, but I think it just plays into everything. Oh yeah, you have that. If you have that bad attitude and that bad mindset, that can trickle down. It, and somewhere along the line, you've got to change it. And I think that that's why that's why I love this Browns team is yeah. because is because Baker Mayfield doesn't have that. You know, these guys no. don't have that. Nailed they have it. a complete. They, they Baker Mayfield's like, I don't give a f what happened yeah. over the last twenty years. I'm no. going to change it. No, I mean that's what this new regime, that's what this new group is all about. OBJ Jarvis, like I don't, you know, we don't care what happened twenty years ago. No, they don't give a shit, man. They do not give a shit. No, we're here to. We were brought here. I'll tell you this. I talked to Baker after one of the, um, after one of the playoff games. Yeah, and uh, or excuse me, after the, you know, basically he was just saying like they they brought they 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 brought us here to make these things happen. 
You know, they brought us here to make these things happen. So that's his mentality is they, this is, you know, when he said, when he said in the post game, like um, he, I think he said in the post game, he's like, you know, we were brought here to do this. This is, this was, this is nothing. This is what we expect, you know? So that's why I think the attitude is in the right place. And I think that's why they're actually not the same old Browns. This is trademark, trademark Andy Lytle. <laughs> this, this is different. There's no doubt. Trademark Andy Lytle. Oh my goodness. Yeah. What, what, what I mean, what, what are some things that you attribute the turn? I guess some things that you attribute the turnaround to the most. When, when it all started, I think, I, mean, going- I, think, I think John Dorsey, as much as people don't like whatever, it didn't end super well, I guess. Of course. And I think, and I think that Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski have done a wonderful job. Yes. Um, obviously. But I think John Dorsey needs a little more credit. I agree. I agree. I think, I think that the just if nothing else, he said, all right, we're going to bring in talented players. Yes. That's what we're going to do. And that's what he did. And that's what he did. That's what he did. And I got to give him credit for Baker Mayfield. I mean, listen, he Baker Mayfield, is he perfect? No. Is he Pat Mahomes? No. But he's a great quarterback for this system, and he's a great quarterback for this town. And I think that's what John Dorsey thought. He said he saw that kid and was like, all right, this guy, this guy is going to he, – he embodies everything I want. He's confident, big arm, you know, not afraid of any situation, a great, yeah. like, you know, kind of has that attitude that you need. So I attribute that hugely. I attribute obviously Nick Chubb hugely. Um, so I think he deserves a little more credit than he's given. Yeah, I, I think again, I mean, really to me, the one, you know, the one big mistake that I think we all know that did him in was the hiring of Freddie Kitchens. And yeah. for everything I've heard, you know, that that 2019 season with uh with Freddie was quite the debacle. Um, it was Freddie just wasn't Freddie wasn't it just what you know yeah, and I'm not I, trying to I, beat down the guy it just no it, it, I know it I don't is. think any I don't think anybody is I don't think anybody in Cleveland no. covering the team or around the team has anything bad to say about Freddie I yeah. don't think he's a good he's a good guy he right was, you know I just think he was so far in over his head that it just wasn't even funny I think Dorsey wanted some control yeah, and I think he was like, you know, Freddie's a good guy that people will love and, you know, he'll kind of be the face and I'll kind of run things behind. And, you know, it, when you have that many ego, not ego, but you when you have that many big names in a locker room, it's yeah. just for a first time ever head coach to try to take hold of that. It, it was kind of like the inmates run the asylum. You know, I mean, that's I mean, I don't mean to put it that way, but like it's kind of what it is. I mean, you know, those guys ran the they they ran the room and. Freddie didn't have much control. Yeah, if, man. We'll we'll see if uh, at least Freddie was able to rebound and get a job with the Giants. Yeah, yeah. No, I you wish know? nothing. I wish nothing yeah. but the best for Freddie. But I think ultimately it was the right. I think it was ultimately the right way to do things with the um, alignment is yes. the buzzword. Uh, because I did hear of stuff, you know. In terms of yeah, I mean, certain guys want things done one way, certain guys want things mm-hmm. done the other way. So gotta ha- when if that's happening, infighting is never good, even no. if it's small. <laughs> no. So I think they're I think that they're on this path, and I think it's kind of great because honestly, I think the front office is really analytic. Obviously, they do yeah. things in a certain way, analytical. Absolutely. But I think the, te- I think the team is kind of like not, they're not like you know they're just they're just normal like they. 
I hate the their football. The, the team is football guys. Yeah, of course. The, the guys playing are football guys, and the guys running the show are running the show in their way with you know with the way they run the show. Yeah. So I think it's a perfect blending of both. I agree, and it, it, it's it's wild. Like if you just go like the last five years, it's wild how we got here because you've got Sashi Brown who completely just stripped it down, acquired assets. Um, you I know, don't think he. Yeah, go ahead. You know, but it, it starts with Sashi, and then mm-hmm. Sashi gets let go. Dorsey comes in, uses all of Sashi's Sashi's uh, assets, capital. And hit, yeah, yep. capital and all that, the cap room, everything. Makes it, Hit, you know, yeah. hits on hits on some draft picks, acquires Landry, acquires OBJ, and then now it didn't work out with John because he had his own issues and made some some mistakes with Freddie, and then now mm-hmm. we're on to Barry and Stefanski regime, which, my goodness, they just seem like you were just saying they seem in sync. Those two yeah. gentlemen seem like they are locked in together and they're working together. It's just, it's not the blueprint. I think that Jimmy Haslam had drawn up five years ago. Cause when, when you think about it during this turnaround, we've had, we've gone through three regimes essentially, and, yeah. but they've all but, impacted this, this turnaround. It's, it's so bizarre. It is. But Andy, I think the funny thing is, is that um, like, it just it had to happen for this to, for it to get this way. It, they had everything they went <laughs> they through, everything everything they went through, they had to go through, and it yeah. stinks. But like, I will say, I will say that some of the you know, I know that they were tearing it down, but some there were some decisions that were like, Ugh. oh but yeah. every every GM is going to have that, but yeah, um, but it it all had to happen that way. Like, okay, the, when you're doing a home, right? When you're when you're constructing a home. Yes. I've never constructed a home, but this is how I venture it goes. Right. You say, okay, so say, so you buy a plot of land and there's an old house on it. You got to strip the whole thing down. But who's stripping it down? Not the architect, not the, the, the guy who comes and bulldozes the house. That's the, that's his job. Right. Strips it down. Yes. Then you have a guy, then you have a blueprint, an architect. Somebody, somebody comes in and, <laughs> and draws the home out, draws the home out, says, here's how it's going to go. John Dorsey. Right. Here's how it's going to go. And then you have now that the plan and the foundation is laid out. Now you got the guys to actually come in and construct the home and make it look beautiful. That's Andrew Barry. It really is like a house and they needed to go through all of that. It's wild. I mean, they had to, I mean, literally it's not, it's not the most ideal way to go about it, to go from one regime. One. I mean, they literally, again, went through three regimes in five years. I just, it's, it's wild that they, it's it's honestly more times than not the 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 way that they went with it. It's usually not going to work out that way. But no. luck, because even though and I agree with you, the, my biggest problem with Sashi, like I, I, I'm sure he's a really great guy and I know he's highly yeah. intelligent. He could be the president of operations of my football team anytime, anytime he wants. However, that gentleman, I just don't think he should have been picking the players and evaluating talent, talent evaluation. Yeah, that was that, the issue for sure. I mean, that's that's just not his forte. It's not his mm-hmm. background. I mean, like I said, you want to be a team president and put a good GM in place? Yeah. By all means, because he's an intelligent dude. He knows what he's doing. I mean, th- the assets he acquired were, you know, top-notch stuff. Like the yeah. Osweiler trade, that was kind of changing the game a little bit. Yeah. Um, but then you go, it's just, it, it's, it's almost God, like I forgot shot- about that. Yeah, I mean, dude, that is next level shit, bro. I mean, that that trade is something that you would see in the NBA. You know, 
Honestly, I forgot about Rock or Brock the Lobster or whatever it is. We, we got a second round pick to take on that salary, and then that pick turned into Nick Chubb. And it's crazy. It's 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 wild, but it's uh, it, it is wild how they got here. It's it, yeah. It's, it's just so wild. It's almost like I. I equate it with the Shawshank Redemption, man. Andy Dufresne <laughs> wa- crawling through a half mile pipe of shit to get shit, right. to, to come out clean on the other side, and that's yeah. It's, it's just wild to me how we got here. It's just I've never. Yeah. Seen, it's just insane. But Andy, Andy, you know what I would tell every Browns fan is you gotta <laughs> embrace it. Yeah, you oh, got here. You oh got yeah, here. baby. However, you got here. Hopefully, the hope <laughs> the hope for Browns fans is that you know that Stefanski's your coach for the next 20 years, Barry's your GM for the next 20 years. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Like, that's so. the hope. That's hope the hope, so, bud. You know, and I, things happen. But, you know, also, I thought about this, too, though. I've thought about this a lot. And, you know, look at the Philadelphia Eagles. They won a Super Bowl with Doug Peterson. Yeah. It just – all it takes sometimes is just, like, one year, you know? I know. I know, man. Like, and, and, and it was just – it seemed dysfunctional, and it didn't really work, <laughs> but they won the Super Bowl. <clears throat> You know what Cleveland would do? Cleveland would trade 20 years, 20 more years of excrement to win the Super Bowl one time. One I time. I would too. You would trade, yeah, trade, they would trade 20 more years of garbage. All of it. One Super Bowl one. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, without these, hesitation, Hayden. <laughs> everybody does it. Everybody does it differently. And this is just the way that the Browns have done it. And hopefully it can, again, I, I hope for the sake of Browns fans that for the next 20 years, it's just Baker Mayfield and Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. I think Kareem Hunt will want to stay for a long time. And I hope they build this thing. And that's that. Speaking of this current regime, uh, Andrew Barry and company, how do you like what, how, how do you like what they're doing with this off season? I think Andrew Barry is, has done a really, really great job of targeting holes targeting deficiencies and filling them with good like good options like obviously last offseason you had jack conklin you yeah. needed a right tackle you needed you had to pick one so or you had to get one so yeah. conklin was he's a great pick wills had a good first year yes. you know the jury's kind of out but i think he's going to be fine yeah, yeah. I think um, he's maybe maybe, maybe not a maybe not a joe thomas but yeah. you never know. who is i mean who, who yeah. really is you know exactly yeah he's served at very least he's good He's yes. good. Yeah. And then you add Austin. You, you needed a tight end. You needed Austin Hooper. I know he didn't produce too much last year, sure. but he added you. He gave you a sense of confidence. You know, he made one of the biggest catches of the year last Whoa, year. Did he yeah. ever? Woo-hoo. Yeah. Just like, so he's, so out of those two, that was big this year, John Johnson, you needed a safety. Oh. You know, this is a league that linebackers, unfortunately are becoming more like you know, not as much of a, yeah. a thing. So yep. I love that what they did with Anthony Walker Jr. You obviously needed a corner. I love Troy Hill. Yeah, I just think that they do a great job of filling holes where they need. And then to top it all off, I think Andrew Berry is doing a great job of being like, okay, you know, we're not going to give you the four-year deal, but if you want to, you we'll give you an opportunity to prove it. You will give you a one-year, you know, five million, whatever. Prove it. Yeah. And then we'll go look for the long term. So, you know, he's doing a good job of saving money, saving assets, because he's going to have to if you're yes. going to pay Baker, if you're going to pay Nick Chubb, Chubb. if you're going to pay Denzel yeah, Ward. I mean, Denzel Ward, Teller, yeah. you know, uh, yeah. all of them. Yeah. Oh. It's, yeah, this offseat, like, it, 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 I, I love Andrew Barry of what, like you said, going, even going back to his first offseason last year, mm-hmm. he targets what we need, what they need, what the Browns yep. need. And, He's aggressive about it. Like, I mean, the yep. fact, like Conklin and Hooper came off the board 
pretty instantly. Right, for, right away. Like right away. And this year, you know, like in Joe Wood's defense, you're you you need defensive backs, and it kind of goes back to what you you were saying yeah. about the linebacker position. I know I, I'm trying. I'm like, and I get it, man. I think a lot of fans, Browns fans, are starting to realize: okay, the game has adapted. This isn't 1992 yeah. no more, where you need four awesome linebackers. I mean, trust me, as a kid, the Browns uh, linebacker room. You inc- say all you you say Browns fans adjust. I think they're still in the process of adjusting. They're all still. I've, all I've we're heard, getting there. All I've, all I've heard, all I've heard is, well, why not bring back Clay? Math- why not bring back Clay Matthews Jr.? He's he's a free agent. Well, no, sh- because like you can swear on here by all means. Uh, no, no shit. <laughs> Obviously, like nobody wants him. He's not playing. He's old. Like I'm not. This is nothing against Clay Matthews Jr. It's of just course. like it's just like if don't you think they would have if he was gonna be good they would have brought him in. Yeah, no, it's just they're stuck in nostalgia land. And I, I know love nostalgia, but like it's like I know. Oh, if, if we could just have Clay Junior to play for, play for his dad's team, I Bro, know he's thirty. He's in his thirties. He's not as fast as he used to be. I mean, no. he's an old linebacker. I mean, what are we talking about? No, he would be like a at best a situational pass rusher right. for us. It's, and it's, I'd be down. I'd be down with no sure, like, sure. But like, but like, no, we don't need. <laughs> they're like they have these visions. They have these visions of grandeur of number fifty-seven reemerging I know. in the middle of the Browns' defense. They just can't. Oh, goodness, I, and I get it. They're just stuck in the nostalgia of Clay Matthew. You know, his dad, Clay Matthew. Yeah, Pepper Andy, Johnson. Before, before, before yeah. we keep moving on, I have to tell you this. Yeah. Every time, every time the Indians have an, uh, the Indians or the Browns have a, or no, mostly the Indians. Yes. Every time the Indians have a coaching vacancy of any kind, sure, hitting coach, whatever. Oh well, let's bring in Jim Tomey to be the to be the hitting coach. Let's bring in let's bring in Manny Ramirez to be the hitting coach. Let's bring in Omar Vizquel to be the assistant manager. Let's bring in uh, Charles Nagy to be the pitching coach. It's just like, all right, like I get it. You want listen, Jim Tomey is the best guy ever, and yes. I would love for him to be the Indians hitting coach. Sure, but he's probably he's, he's having a great time. He had a long MLB career. He's having yeah. a great time coaching his son. Like, what does he need to be the hitting coach for? Nostalgia is a real your, thing, brother. Go enjoy your life. <laughs> go enjoy your life. Like, let him let him do his thing. Like, I mean, I guess if they were to ask him and they, he wanted to do it, sure. But like, it doesn't. He doesn't just because he played for the Indians doesn't mean that he's going to be a fantastic hitting coach. I think he would be. Yeah. But I'm just like, it doesn't. You can he find would. other. Yeah. He would be. He would yeah. be. But I'm just saying, like. You don't. It doesn't have to be an Indians player no, from the nineties to be a doesn't. good hitting coach. You know what I mean? It does <laughs> to be, and like Charles Nagy. <laughs> Charles Nagy was a. I think he was a pitching coach for the Diamondbacks, but he was. You know, it, so it's like, but like things didn't really go well there. But no. so I mean, I'm not like I'm not saying he wouldn't be a good. Co- I'm just like it doesn't it have, have to be to an be. Indians player. No, it doesn't have to be. No, people are always like, oh well, well Omar's managing in the minors. Let's bring him into Cleveland. Okay, like what about Tito's fine? <laughs> What's wrong with Tito? So, I don't know. I know, and, and and as much as I love Sandy Alomar Jr., he is great. It's his fault. It's his fault because it is. He, People see because, that and they're like, okay, yep. let's bring the whole '90s it's, band back. It's, and let's, it's, it's, let's build this it's, coaching roster. I will say, I will tell him to his face, it is his fault. fault? It is his fault. I mean, he lives around here and I see him sometimes. Yeah. I'm going to be like, and, and we, and I'm going to be like, Sandy, dude, I love you, but you are the reason that all these fans are up in my mention saying we need to bring back Tommy Loft and Vizquel by to be our coaches. Yeah. They're they're all like when Tito was going through his health stuff last year, he was, they're all like, all right, well, Sandy will be the manager. 
and then we'll put Omar Vizquel at first base coach, and then we'll get rid of Sarbaugh. So then we'll put then we'll put I think Bayerga as our third base coach. Yeah, get and rid then of Kenny. Kenny Kenny Lofton can be the bench coach, and we can just have the whole crew yeah. back. Yeah, like, oh my. Get, get rid of Van Berkelo while you're at it. Tie Van Berkelo and bring in yeah, Tommy yeah. as the hitting coach. Yeah, Tommy's the hitting coach, right? Of course. I'm like, guys, you realize that they can't play anymore. They're not playing. <laughs> Like if they were playing, I'm in. I'm totally in. Bring back the whole gang, but they can't play. They're not playing anymore. <laughs> it's just funny. I don't. And honestly, I don't know if that's. I I think that that's only a Cleveland thing. I really yeah. do. I tell you, there is something unique about Cleveland sports Twitter. The, 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 yeah. It, it, <laughs> some of it's entertaining. Some of yes. it's funny. Um, you know what but some of it's exhausting (laughs) yeah the bottom line and this is the reason that it's is that i am i am certain i am certain that cleveland has the most passionate fans in the united states of america i am certain of that i agree i am absolutely certain of that i'm not saying that we're the most you know cleveland is the most well-educated fan yeah i'm not saying that they're the most um follow every game fan but i am saying that if you, they are the most passionate fans in the entirety of the United States of America. And that is why it's all so interesting. And it's also like, so I love, this is the reason I love working here is because there's never a dull moment ever about anything. You're right. Because even when the Browns were bad, even when they're dysfunctional and all that bullshit's going on, it's still, there's still so much stuff for you to do. So much stuff. It never ends. It never ends. And that's the beautiful part about it. But I think that's why that it's a Cleveland thing. Like other fan bases, for instance, like, I don't think, I don't think the Boston Red Sox are like, all right, we got to get Poppy as our heading coach. We got to get Trot Nixon as our bench coach. We got to get Johnny Damon back. We got to get uh, Nomar Garcia part of your <laughs> coach. Like what? Like, I don't think that's how it goes in Boston. We're, I really don't. No, I, I, I've told people this before. Oh, like, Derek Jeter is the owner of the Miami Marlins. I, I know. Not the New York Yankees, the Miami Marlins. I've told people this before, friends of mine that I've met over the years that aren't Cleveland fans. And I've tried to explain it. I'm like, yeah, I, you know, we're it's probably impossible. the most passionate, but we're also the, I mean, we're the sickest motherfuckers you can ever see in your, I mean we're sick we sick. are sick Aiden we sick. have we have real issues that we sick. all need to address but 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 beautiful issues yes beautiful they issues. are beautiful issues beautiful issues but certainly issues we are like sick. if you took a if you took a if you took a random fan from I don't know what <laughs> name it, Atlanta Atlanta but I was just like, gonna say well, Atlanta too. probably like a brand, well they're because they're at the you know unfortunately yeah, they're at the forefront yeah but okay take a take a random fan from Charlotte North Carolina sure where the you know where the Hornets play and where the Panthers play you <laughs> plop them into Cleveland they're gonna be like what in the Sam hell is going on here it's our shit yeah. show damn it that's, that's <laughs> it, right that's it right. is I'm just like what in the blue I don't know <laughs> Well, it's going to be a big month for for Cleveland. I mean, obviously we got the draft coming up, and it's in Cleveland. Are you going to be covering that? Are you going to? Um, that is the hope. Yeah, that is yeah. certainly the hope. I don't know whether. I mean, I, I'm more on the football side for that because sure. obviously there's a ton of entertainment, so I'll be focused more on like the Brown side of things. But yeah, it should yeah, that's the plan. Um, yeah. I probably won't get to experience too much of the fan stuff. Yeah, you know, because it is a it's a super busy couple of days. Yes. 
So, you know, maybe, yeah, maybe when the first, you know, the, the good news is the Browns will pick till 26. So maybe the first round or so I'll be, or, you know, half the way through the first round, I'll be able to um, kind of check things out. But yeah, it's going to be mostly football based for me. Yeah. So they go on corner. They're going, they go on corner in the first round, I think. Outside the corner. first time for the honestly, Andy, for the first time in my yeah. life, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. <laughs> doesn't matter. They can do whatever they want. Yeah. I, tr- like, I, I trust them this much, Hayden. I do. No, I, 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 mean, I do. I mean, I would, there are some things that if you're a Browns fan, you'd love to see. You'd love to, you know, bolster sure. some holes. But like if, yeah. they, if, if a corner's best player available, go pick a corner. If, yeah. if a safety is best player available, yeah. go pick a safety. Edge, I mean, whatever. I mean, yeah. Edge, linebacker, DL, the D lineman, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's got to be defense, though. It doesn't. Yeah. yeah def- oh, yeah. Defense, defense, and more defense. I wouldn't even be shocked if I would not be shocked if they even traded back a little bit and got a got a you know for a future two next year or something yeah trade trade back to 35 for a two next year i mean that's sure i'm trying to prepare browns fans that i'm not saying it's likely but i it's a there's a decent possibility that's how it could play out where they don't even draft a player on day one Um, yeah yeah no and it's possible Leave it to Cleveland to host the draft and not even have a pick. But yeah, no, I'm yeah, like, I know, I know. You know what? And I tell, and I'm telling people all this, they're like, "Oh, are you excited for the draft?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'm excited for the draft." But like, <laughs> I'm excited for the draft, not for like the Browns draft, for the draft. Like, it's yeah, fun. absolutely. So, like, but leave it to the Browns. I mean, you know, not leave it to the Browns. But I think it's it's. I try to tell people, I'm like, this is where the the Steelers, the Patriots, make their living is on guys who drop. Yes, and might have you know a little something like a little injury or a little character thing or something, and then boom, they grab their they grab a, a linebacker who you would have loved to have seen you know on your team. So I'm I think if they stay there, they'll they'll end up with a really really good player, um, wh- whoever it is. Yeah, and and there is there are a lot of good good I've. Man, I it's I blame my buddy Stephen Thomas from Browns mock draft. Yeah, he, he that's sick. Talk about a sick bastard, oh, yeah. that guy. Uh, he he got me hooked on those da- on those mock drafts. You know those, those NFL oh. draft simulators. I do one a day now. I've, I, oh, I, boy. I, I I this guy, and man, there there are and a lot of reading I've been doing. There are some good corners that should be there. I think there's going to be, and there's going to be some possibly a good, I mean, there's going to be, they're going to have options. Let's put it that way. Yeah, that's, that, that's, absolutely. that's really, and that's what I'm just excited about. And just the fact it's so bizarre, man, we're picking at 26. It's so weird. It's, it's so, so weird. It's so all, weird. And all like all their friends are like, what do you mean? It's weird. I'm like, Dude, what do you mean? The Browns have been in the top 10 for the last <laughs> God knows how long. Your entire freaking yeah, lifetime. My, yeah, I mean, yeah, well, unless they trade it out. Yeah, to get Alex exactly. Mack, you know? That was yeah. about it. Yeah. Yeah. That was with, a great trade, though. Oh, yeah. Wasn't that 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 was? And that was uh, that was Mangini, wasn't it? Wasn't that? Yeah. Yeah, that was Mangini. And then he, uh, yeah, Mangini liked to trade down a lot and then take the slowest wide receivers off the board in the second round. I think, yeah, he took terrible. I thought I had, I had such high hopes for Brian Robisky. I, really I did too. Cause I, even I did too, I, you know, yeah. I know you're an alum. I didn't go to Ohio state, but I, I, yeah. I've been an Ohio state fan 
a long time. And oh yeah, yeah. I, I mean, loved Robisky at Ohio State. I did. Yeah, it was he was great. I just and I thought you know being like kind of having the NFL pedigree with his dad being yeah you know Terry. being a yeah. very being not only a Browns interim coach but a you sure. know, a wide receivers coach for a lot of years and you know a lot of a lot of Browns media still has a great relationship with him. He's a great guy. So yeah, I just had high hopes that he would be you know, more than he was. And like, you know, you think about like, I honest, first of all, Muhammad West, like everything he's gone through, I feel awful. Yeah, the concussion. Well. Oh my goodness. Well, dude, no, he, what, what he else lost has? his hand. Oh, that's right. I had forgotten about that. That's, he lost his hand. that's yeah. right. That's right. So like, yeah. he had a couple good years. I mean, you know, yeah, no, he was I mean, like a, he was a fantasy <laughs> darling for one or two years. <laughs> man, those are, man. Texas chain. Remember that you remember that Texas Chainsaw Massacre was a popular fantasy yeah. football name for a while. Yes. Well, that's a good one. That's one of my yeah. favorite horror movies of all time. Too. The, sure. original, the original. There you go. Um, and one thing I do remember about I've always I've, one dude. I've always I've always lo- loved you, dude. Like uh, I appreciate that. No, no, it's my pleasure, man. And one thing I remember, am I, am I remembering this correctly? I want to say you were with either it was before you were at Cleveland.com. And by the way, man, I was very proud and just impressed of how quickly you worked up to get this gig and get this job and you're killing it, man. You really are. Thank you. I appreciate that. And just, it's, I like seeing good things happen to good people and you you bet, bro. And I remember, I want to say you were with like a, a base, uh, an Indians site, Indians baseball insider. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I remember you would do, am I remembering this correctly? And now it's a common thing. I want to say you were one of the first that I can remember anyway in Cleveland media who would record with your phone the press conferences and interviews that you were doing, like post-game or pre-game or whatever, or you mm-hmm. know, practice or whatever, and then mm-hmm. put them on Twitter. Am I mis yep. am I misremembering that? Or is that I don't pre- think you are? Yeah, no, I, I don't think you are. And I, rem- I would, and I I'm love that. Credit. I love that you did that. And now everyone does it now i'm not taking credit for it no. yeah i mean i just i think i was just kind of trying to do different things that people weren't doing because that's digital media yeah, baby only, yeah that's really what it was so yeah i mean yeah I mean, i've gotten you're a trendsetter man come on I, it's okay. <laughs> i've gotten in trouble for some things i posted but i bet um, i bet yeah but right. um but i mean yeah you know <laughs> not i mean i not to the point where i had to take them down or anything but just like people weren't happy with the way that they came off and i'm like well you said what you said what am i supposed to do anyway yeah there was an individual in specific that really did not like that but anyways oh um, and i'll I'll tell you after the podcast sure um but yeah so you know i just i just wanted to do things differently i wanted i i wanted to try to get this job like you know my job isn't perfect like i'm you know in many ways it's it's definitely you know i mean i think a lot of maybe writers and and people who've done this for a long time maybe look maybe not, not down upon it but like just because it's so it's basically honestly they've kind of made the position for me yeah like just to kind of do things like differently than everyone else was doing them and um it got conf- it gets confusing for some of the you know some of the writers who just are so and i am i'm i'm very very close with pretty much all of our writers and all of our sports people because you know, I work, I try to not step on their toes. I try to do my own thing. I try to make sure that we're focused on social and I'm not like, yeah. you know, writing game stories that are yeah. writing stories that they'd be ready. So, so yeah, I've just always, so like in this position, I try to do things differently. And like, 
I'm now that the pandemic is starting to hopefully we're starting to kind of move past it. Honestly, this year has been tough. It's been really tough because I've just been sitting at home. I yeah, can't go. I know that it's was been... the best, that was the best part of my job was going everywhere and, you know, taking people where they couldn't be. And now it's like, you know, I'm just sitting at home doing nothing. So hopefully now that, you know, now that we're getting closer and I'm half vaccinated, um, yeah, I got mine on Friday as well. I got my, yeah, my first my first fax on Friday. Yep. Yeah, great. So I hopefully, you know, I'll just continue to try to do things differently once, you know, I feel a little I feel a lot refreshed. I feel like I'm I'm really ready to get back to doing what I love doing. Yeah, no, and you, you you're you're great at your job, man. And, and that's the thing. I just love I, I remember you t- tweeting out these videos. I'm like, because usually they would just some of the Cleveland media would just tweet out the quote and type out the mm-hmm. quote. Why do that when you can just bust out your iPhone and, yeah. and, and get, you know, get the, get the, the whole scoop right there. So I yeah. love, I, I, as a, from, from a, from, from a content connoisseur aspect, I love that. So it's been a lot, it's been a lot more difficult when it comes to that in terms of zoom. <laughs> zoom. Yeah. I can, I can imagine. Yeah. And then, uh, this I, is definitely, please, I am not throwing sheet on anyone. Yeah, because everybody, a lot of people do it. Yeah, but it's just like it's funny to see people film like their their screens. <laughs> yeah, it does. Like, and I can't, I can't, I'm not. I promise, <laughs> because it's not easy. Like the, I don't blame them. Here's why. Here's why, I don't blame them because it's so much easier for them to film the screen than for them to like record the screen, than like sure. try to like of edit course. it down. It's so yeah. much easier. And I but get it's it. just it's just the world that we live in. It's funny that like we're like we're so screened. We're gonna be so screened out. Like I'm so sick of screens. Screens. I feel you, brother. Screens. Oh, it's brutal. I like. I I'm a very I'm an extroverted person. I love to go like I yeah. love to be around people, talk with people, hang Same, with people. Dude. Same. So it's just it's just been like oh. <laughs> Too many screens. Yeah, well, we got it. We even got at a church. Even at church today, there were too many people in the main church, so they had to put us over here, and we're watching the thing on this. I'm just, are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be. It's. It, I, we're. You know, we, we we got a we got a little ways to go yet. Obviously, yeah, we're not there yet. No, we're not. We're not. We got yet. a little ways to go yet. I think if, mm-hmm. if we all just stick together and do the right things, and and everyone get vaccinated, and let's just get through this year. I, I would hope by the end, I, I hate speculating on these kind of things. It's just, it, hate but let me speculate. I love doing that. Yeah, I know. I, I, I hate I speculating know. on these things, but, but I'm going to do it but, anyway. <laughs> yeah. I, I would like to think I, I'm hopeful and, and I'm just like you. I, I try to be a positive person. It's more of that yeah. than anything. Yeah. I'm hopeful, you know, by like November that we should be pretty close to the end. I hope I sure you're let you're, you're less hopeful than I am. Yeah, I think I think by I hope that by September, whatever the date for the first Browns game is, I hope that's a good date. I hope I hope it's 70,000. Yeah, I hope it's 70,000. And that's not that's not it's not a projection. No, it's not a guess. It's just just a hope. hope. It's a hope, dude. I mean, dude, this has been just a unique, you know, now going on once in a lot, hopefully once in a lifetime. Yeah, yeah. right. This I mean, this is I said this when it went down and I think some people just weren't really grasping this i said this this isn't a, i mean this is an all-time historical event what's happening like oh this, my god yeah uh, yeah i mean it's this is you know <laughs> this should be a history it, book someday right I mean, oh it will be yeah at cleveland.com like you know it's it's completely 
we, I mean, I don't know about other people, but like, I didn't work in the office to begin with. So I don't sure. know, but like, it's kind of, it's kind of proven to me that do we really need to be in the office at all? Yeah. <laughs> but because we've done so well, because of, there's so much going on with this yeah. coronavirus, we've done so well in terms of like our numbers, our pages, like everything's up because people are just so invested. So it's like, yeah. we can have a, we can have a really great year and not even be in the student, the newsroom. And now obviously the higher ups, that's their job. Like they, they can, yeah. if they want people back in there, whatever, but we have, yeah. it's been over a year. We haven't, and we haven't been in the office and, and not me. I was never in the office, but like my coworkers or were that they were in the office every day. And now it's mm-hmm. like, Oh, so yeah, and, and that's the other thing is what I'm curious to see is the after effect and how the after effects and how it's going to change certain things for the I mean, maybe forever, like whether that's for the better, maybe, though. Yeah, though. for the better, though, that's that I was reading. There is yeah. a there's a there's a girl I went to school with at Ohio State. Her name is Caitlin Essig. God, I haven't I just she she tweeted. She doesn't tweet a lot. The other yep. day she tweeted. She's like, maybe this. Like honestly, I haven't heard her name, seen her name in like years. So I just saw her name and I was like, whoa, Caitlin. And she was like, I hope this pandemic teaches or tells businesses that the commute, that the you know, time wasted coming to the office, that is all not worth it. Yeah. Like you're gonna be so much more well rested, you're gonna work so much more and more efficiently. You're like, and I'm not saying that you have to work from home, but like no. for a lot of people, it works a lot better does you know always did you don't have to you don't you don't have to worry about like you know taking extra time to to you know to get ready in the morning and you're gonna be more tired because you woke up earlier and it's just there's a lot there's a lot there yeah i'm just looking forward to like you said i i'm looking forward to seeing seventy thousand packed fans in that in that uh, that house and cleveland deserves it they they deserve they deserve this uh, home opener more than anything. They really do. I want to see the Muni lot packed. I want to see, I, I want to see it all. Honestly, and I, I don't mean to be just coming kind, of, kind of off the cuff, but like, no, this, honestly, dude, the, this is honestly, not the same old Browns podcast, no, man. Right. This is different, I, baby. <laughs> I love it. Honestly, the, um, the Muni lot, like, I know it gets crowded, but it could be pretty socially distant. It could. You could right. You're out, you're outside. Like you're Absolutely. the cars are like like. I mean, I don't think if you. I mean, obviously, like they're just worried about people gathering, but like you could make that pretty socially distant. If you, you go to a drive, if you go to a drive-in movie, there's no you. reason you can't go to the movie. I agree. I agree. And I just say you you some some things could be put in place. To make it work, yeah. There's, there's, there's yeah. no doubt. There's no doubt in my mind. I have Absolutely. a good, I have a good feeling, man. I'm like, I'm like, like I said, I, I just try. I've tried to stay positive uh, through all this because at the end of the day, you know, it's been a, it's been a shitty year for all of us, for a lot of people yeah. to a certain extent. Us, yeah. But you know, and then, you know, I just try to keep a perspective of man. There's, there's a lot more people that's affected in a way worse mm-hmm. way than it's affected yeah. me. I mean, people have lost yeah. loved ones and or lost their jobs and. So I just, uh, we, I think as a, as a nation, we've, as a world, we've kind of Andy, Andy Dufresne <laughs> through a pipe of shit the last we year. We really have, we and, really have. And it's, and, and I'm loving that, you know, hopefully we're getting closer. Yeah, I think we are. And we're getting close here to the end, but um, yeah. before I get you out of here though, I have a little segment that I do at the end of every show that I've done so far. Love it. Yes. And it's called 
five random ass questions. So I have five questions here. They're just random things. They could be about the Browns or Cleveland sports, or they might not be. It might be a combination of both. Um, You ready for this? Yeah, I actually love stuff like this. So, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I got it from Craig Kilborn. used to do it on The Daily Show way back in the day. And uh, I just – I like doing this because, again, these are questions that maybe you'll get asked somewhere else, but – yeah. Do you know who Mark, do you know who Mark Munch Bishop is? You know, Munch Bishop? Oh yeah. Munch. Yeah, of course he does. He does kind of a similar, not the same thing, but he'll do like a daily, like poll questions, just random off the wall. Yeah. So I love, I like, yeah, I like stuff. Those. Like yeah. I love, I love yeah. doing stuff like this and it gets, and I just like getting to know people, man. Cause like you, like you said, I, I, yeah. I'm not an introvert. Uh, I love no. people. <laughs> I do. Yeah, love people. I, I mean, yeah. like I'm always like kind of the peacekeeper on Twitter. A lot of the times, like, you yeah. know, be like, Oh my God, I can't, Grossy's up to his genasi. I'm like, eh, he means well. Let's just, you know, come on, everyone. Exactly. Let's, let's get the let's, exactly. stick, let's stick together. Leave Perfect. Aunt Mary alone. I call I call him KC Aunt Mary. I hope she doesn't. Oh jeez, <laughs> she's my aunt. dude. I have been reading Mary Kay since the '90s, man. Like, I love like, her to death. I do. I love her to time. death. I mean, I've been a. I've read I love her. her to pieces. Yeah, she's she's. I really do. Pieces. She's she's a wonderful woman, and she gets so much, you know, and we. Well, I'll keep our conversations private because yeah. that's not right. But like, but she is, she puts up with so much stuff and like, Oh, I see. She's, it on a daily she's basis. A, I know. And it's just ridiculous. People need to grow up. People need to like realize that she works her ass off every no day doubt. to make sure, no to make sure you have the best Browns coverage possible from your local, you know, paper. And like people are like, well, why can't you break? Why can't you break stuff? Like it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. It's such a monopoly, you know, you know, Schefter and those guys have such a monopoly on yeah. it and that's fine. But like, that doesn't mean that Mary Kay is not doing her job. Well, she, actually, like, it's just, and she I'm does not, break stuff. And if I'm not mistaken, I think she, if I'm remembering right now, she broke John Johnson, the third, she was the first yeah. to read it. She yeah, was she exactly. Was yeah, exactly. So it's, she's, so people are like, Oh, well you just get your stuff from that. Well, no. no, everything it, she does is her own. Everything she works hard for is hers. So if, yeah, I could go see, on all day. It's okay, like to disagree with 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 something, or, or sure. that's fine. But the the people that have just been conditioned to attack her, like honestly, man, it pisses me off a lot of the time because people, of course, it does because they say some pretty mean, hurtful stuff, man. Yeah, and I just yeah, and it's beyond I, it's beyond like it's yeah, beyond it your down. article sucks. It's far yeah. beyond that. Yeah, and that's yeah. where you know. Okay, if you want to say like I didn't appreciate this article, that's one thing. You yeah. should be like, all right, fine, you know, yeah, whatever. You're well, not going to like every article, but some of the personal, it's just oh, it's it's it's, it's ridiculous, and it goes yeah. beyond her too. It goes to all these, you know, a lot of these women in sports. It's just a lot of these guys. I yes, think, uh, I don't want to get no. too into it, but like it's just like a lot of these guys. Just I don't know if they have like insecurity issues or what but it's like who like i don't care if you're a man woman black white asian hispanic that's like if you're doing a good job i'm going to tell you you're, you're doing, doing a good job or if you're working hard if you're working hard i'm going to you know applaud you for it and i just tearing people and, down for no reason doesn't make I, any sense i've never spoken with mary Kay. i've never met mary Kay. i've i've read her for decades now but yeah she she has always come across to me as just a very sweet person that that, she that is yeah she and is. it's it's and that's why it bucks me so much but yeah leave mary Kay alone on twitter guys come on knock Perfect. it off be nice all right time for 
five random ass questions. As soon as I get my soundboard on, we're gonna be rant. We're gonna be rocking with this. Let's guys. go. Yeah, I'm gonna be getting that soon. I'm very excited about it. All right, five random ass questions. Number one: What's your favorite song to sing? Um, that would be "Mac the Knife" by Bobby Darren. It's a song that I've done since I was in sixth grade. Just such a fun song. And it's kind of been my song for that long. So, yeah. So, Mac the Knife by Bobby Darren. Um, just a good classic standard. And it, it's honestly, people are like, what is it about? I'm like, well, it's about this. It's weirdly, it's about this guy in England named Jack the Ripper. And he killed yeah. people for a living. Yes. And that's what, the, that's what the song's about. But you would never know it if no. you heard it. <laughs> I like it, dude. Yeah. All right. Number two. Thus far, what has been your biggest thrill in your journalism career? Wow. Um, there are a lot. I've I been know. very fortunate. Um, I try to make the this- gym. Yeah. <laughs> the Jim Tomy Hall of Fame weekend was really, really oh. amazing for me. Because that you a big was, Jim Tomy fan growing up? He I was, was, kind of, he was, was your man. Yeah. I was the biggest. Got it. And I, yeah, so my, he was, I was, I was, I'm six foot three. I'm, I was always the first baseman, big guy. Sure. So he was like, he was always, I wore my socks up for every single game I played. Did Same not matter. Dude. Same. Yep. Yeah. And uh, because of him and like, and I met him, I, you know, I got to, I met, I've met him before, but like, I really kind of got to know him and his family a little bit. It's and awesome. Like, his, you know, his wife, Andrea is of such a kind and beautiful person and his kids are awesome and he's amazing. So like that whole family. So that weekend was just, I mean, it kind of, it still makes me like emotional because like I grew up, I could tell, I can see it in I, your face, grew, dude. Yeah. My, <laughs> I grew up, my, my grandfather and I grew up watching him and oh, I just, it, I, I idolized him and, and, and you know what they say, like, don't meet your heroes, but for them, that's bullshit. That's it's he's the most they're the most awesome people. So that weekend was really, really special to be in Cooperstown and just soaking that all up was amazing. Um, and then yeah, um, just be, being around being around LeBron. I mean, that yeah, you know, it's a, kind of another full circle thing, um, you know, getting to cover him for three years or so. It was uh, it was really special. So had to be surreal, I mean, too, for you. It, it, it really was. Because yeah. I mean, just because of like just because of, you know, growing up, I mean, just, he, you know, that was the guy. And like, I think it was kind of interesting too, to kind of go from like being like a fan to like, you know, being like having, yeah. to, you know, be different. So, but I mean, the whole thing was just surreal, 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 surreal. And it was, uh, it was so much fun. It was, I mean, I just, you, you know, the saying goes like, you don't, you, you, what is the saying? It's like, you wish or, I wish you knew the glory days when you were in them or something. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. Yeah. And I remember that whole I re- thing. I remember you covering the Cavs and LeBron and I, I yeah. remember, I'm remembering this really funny picture of LeBron's at the podium or at the microphone or whatever. And yeah. And he's got this, he's looking somewhere and he's got kind of this funny look on his face and you got this goofy ass look on your face. You know yeah. what? You know yeah. what picture I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> I'm standing there with my iPad. Like my eyes are like, yes! yeah. yeah, actually, you know, it's, you want to hear some, such I, a funny I, shot, dude. Well, okay. This is going to, anybody listening to this podcast is going to go Google this right now. First time I was ever around LeBron. Yeah. I was in, I was in college at Ohio state. Okay. And I went down to Dallas to cover the national championship game. Right on. And they played Oregon. Yes. Yeah. 
And we, and I was on the sidelines. They like, so in college football, like with five minutes left, they'll let you go down and then you can, you know, cover the post game celebration or whatever. So we're on the sideline and I'm just, you know, we're just, Ohio State was up pretty big. I mean, they, you knew they were going to win. So I was kind of getting ready in my mind, like, okay, I got to, you know, I mean, these things are just such cluster Fs. I don't want to say that word, but just like they're cluster Fs. And like, Because everyone's on the field, everybody's celebrating. And I got my camera. Like, I was in student TV. I was in the TV side. Yeah. So, like, I had my camera. I'm like, all right, what am I going to focus on? Like, what am I going to see? <laughs> I got my camera. I was, like, going through my mind. And, like, I, I go, like, I, I go, like, I just literally go like this. And, like, I was, like, I, you, I, if the people could see me right now, I just literally look, look up and I'm, like, oh, my freaking God. It's- LeBron James standing right next to me like this, literally wow. from me to this uh, next stool and i was like I, and that was the first time i'd ever been around him i and i was just like oh my god i on my phone i have at least like 100 pictures of just him standing <laughs> it was so bad you were fanboying so, so hard i, I love was it. fanboying so hard I was, we've all been at there that, one at that point at another. that point i was fanboying so hard and at one point his bodyguard <laughs> who i who i actually got to know later who's you know good guy Cool, right on. His body got his bodyguard was like, You got enough? And I was like, No. No. <laughs> no. So, no, it was it was fun. So yeah. So actually, you know, it, that was the first time. But then, you know, in a professional environment, you know, I I, yeah. I will admit that was it was that was a fanboy moment for sure. I was young. Yeah. Well, I mean, you but, were still you were still, even though you were working, I wasn't being disrespectful. I don't think I was being disrespectful. I like no. wasn't getting in his face. No, but, but it was you just, were still it was funny. You were but, still in college the, at the time, right? right? Yeah, you were right, yeah. right. But the more, but the, the thing about the story is, if you Google LeBron James 2015 national championship, I am in every picture. That is Everyone. so funny. I am that in every funny. picture, and like, there's a couple <laughs> where I'm kind of, there's a couple where I'm like, kind of starry-eyed, gazing up at him. It's bad. It's so bad. It's so bad. But but you know, it's, I mean, I can't really blame. I mean, I can blame myself, but like, come on. That is it was the great. first time in my life I'd ever seen him not playing basketball in person. Sure. So I was, yes, I was fanboy. Of course, bit, man. But, I mean, he's, you know, yeah. at the end of the day, you know, even though, you know, he is kind of, you know, he's a larger than life figure. But at the end of the day, yeah. even people like LeBron, they're just, they're just people like us too, man. Yeah, and, exactly. And that's, know, that's I think what I kind of got to, that's where, that's the point I kind of got to when, you know, throughout, you know, he, he was a person too. I mean, he's a person yeah, too. He's absolutely, you know, he's got his ups, his downs, his, he's very moody, yeah. you know, as we all are. So yeah, like, absolutely. So yeah. it was, you know, it was cool though. I love those stories, dude. Love yeah, it. Yeah, it was great. All right. Number three, rank these Wait, hold on. Rank these three Browns draft picks worst to best. Brandon Whedon, Johnny Menzel, and Corey Coleman. Oh, my God. Worst to um, best. Rank Whedon, Manziel, Corey Coleman. So best being like they were the best of the three. Yeah, it, it's 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 kind of a it's it's kind of a fuckery question. I it is. I love it. I love it. Though. <laughs> um, OK, three. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Johnny. No, I'm gonna say the worst was was Corey Coleman. Okay, I probably would agree with you. Yeah, because like I probably would. <laughs> Sadly, I can't not believe not not, that, but. not only not only was like okay, the, I I don't like to toot my horn, but like the one the one the, the most obvious take that I've ever had that was so right and just yeah. I just couldn't understand how people didn't understand this 
was that Michael Thomas was going to be the best receiver in that draft. It was without a question. And then he goes round two. My good. Goes round two. I'm like, what? I'm like, what are these people happening? What is this? Like, what am what am I? What do I know in my mind that they don't? Like what? What? Like these are people who get paid lots of money to pick yeah. these players. Why? Why am I so cognizant of this? They're not. It was to the point where I thought I was like an idiot. I'm like, is there something wrong? Like he is just so obviously the best. Like there yeah. was Laquan. There's Laquan Treadwell. There was yo. There was um, obviously Corey Coleman. There was like yeah. And I'm just like, there was dude, Michael Thomas is going to be Michael Thomas is going to be so much better than any of these guys. Yep. Like it's not. And I, 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 I tweeted right. it. I tweeted, I tweeted him. I check tweeted the receipts, like, people. Check the receipts. I tweeted, I tweeted like maybe every year. Yeah, I love I it. Tweet, I like retweet it maybe every year just to be like, hello. I mean, obviously he was hurt last year, but no. So that was, so that's why I'll put Corey Coleman last because not only was he so unproductive, yeah. unprofessional, didn't, didn't really yeah. fit in well with the crowd no. in Cleveland. Dropped the pass that made them go 16. I really do feel bad. I really do feel bad for him. I do too. But I do but too. How but do? but he was the worst. Yeah. <laughs> second worst, second worst was Brandon Weed. And here's why. Okay. Here's why. Because at best <laughs> with Brandon Weed, at best, you were getting a 30-year-old quarterback who could not move. Yes. At best. So like you're like what was the plan for him to play for like five years and then just call it quit? I mean, what was the plan? There was no plan. Hayden uh, with him, it was just it was just kind of like he has a rocket arm. I loved it. I loved his rocket arm, but like there was no there was no, no. like there was nothing like okay he's gonna be your quarterback for maybe two three years and then you got to move on somewhere else. Like okay, somebody somebody told me somebody told me that I forget if I was on a podcast or something, but somebody <laughs> told me that they knew a scout in the NFL that when the Browns picked Brandon Whedon, he called the guy called him and just started laughing hysterically for like 20 minutes or for like 20 seconds. This is like, he's like, hello. He's like, (laughs) I'll tell you, dude, that's that's when you knew out of all the Browns draft picks since 1999, not a single one made me more upset or pissed than the Brandon Whedon, Brandon Whedon really made no mm-hmm. sense to me. It made it yeah. 27 year old quarterback. It just yeah. makes it, it, it just, it was, and again, this oh, is he was a statue against, too. It's nothing again, against Brandon. This is, no, it's not. Yeah. It's actually, actually Brandon Whedon is a badass. If you think about it. Yeah. Play professional baseball for the Yankees. Oh. Said, Absolutely. Said, oh, said, said, oh, you know what? It's not really working out. Let me just go pick up a football and become one of the best passers in Big 12 history. I mean, yeah, it's, it it's had nothing impressive. to do with him. I mean, he's it's a hell a of an impressive. athlete. He's a hell of an right. athlete. It's Absolutely. Obvious. But like, but man, you but, just you but, can't you can't take a quarterback 27 years old in the first round. I don't care. You just can't. N- no. Pants. And right. Pants. And not and not to be like your franchise. No, like, that's a guy that like the Steelers should have taken to back up Big Ben or something. There you, you know, go. Like, something like that. Yes. That would have been perfect. We'll never Johnny's. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, we'll never know. But if the Browns don't take Whedon, I wonder where he ends up in that draft. We'll never know. I don't think he goes in the first. I could be yeah. completely wrong. No, can, definitely not. The, no, I, I don't think, I don't he, think he does. I wonder where he but Like goes. He could have been a backup for like Tom Brady or something. Yeah. You know? I just, I'm wondering where he would have gotten that'd selected have been in the draft, I guess is what I'm saying. I'm curious where he yeah. would have fell into the draft. It's interesting. Right. <laughs> but number yeah. one. And then Johnny, Johnny is number one. Yeah. Here's why. I think that Johnny 
where you got him. You didn't have to give up that much. You know, if they would have just, if they would have just drafted, honestly, if they would have drafted not Justin Gilbert at nine, if they would have drafted a good player at nine, okay, it would still would have been a good first round pick. Oh. You know, but like the fact that the fact that Justin oh. Gilbert was a complete train wreck, oh. maybe even worse of a train wreck than Johnny, oh. it makes it so much worse. But oh. Johnny, the, the you knew with Johnny what you were getting. You knew they knew that they knew what you were they were getting. It was a boomer bust, home run potential, or a complete field. They knew that. Yeah. So that's why I'm like, all right. You, you picked them, you brought excitement to Cleveland, yes. you know, Johnny football, Johnny mania, whatever. And that you knew what you were doing and you know, it was a plan and it failed. And well, obviously he couldn't keep himself together and that's more on him than on the Browns. So no, I really, for I think sure. Johnny, Johnny Johnny's got a lot of demons bunch. too. I, I think that's pretty, yeah. I, I don't want to talk, you know, you I don't want to, you know, I'm not no, trying to I'm put just, the guy's I'm personal kind of, life out there, but I mean, yeah. it was on full display here, you know? Yeah. I, mean, I just, I, I'm kind of upset with him. Like Cleveland didn't do you wrong. No, there was nothing wrong. Like Cleveland no. didn't. It, this maybe the Browns organization wasn't the best because of the dysfunction. But like coming at Cleveland, like what did Cleveland do? Cleveland loved you. They wanted to love you, but you we, you know went around and messed yeah. around. And Cleveland I, wanted nothing more than for you to be great. That's yeah, that absolutely. is the honestly got true. One hundred percent fact. Now, now any now anytime the Browns do something good on Twitter, he's bashing him. Or anytime the Indians, it's whatever, it's, it's like it's ridiculous. Come on, dude. Grow it up. just tells me the dude still hasn't grown hasn't grown up. No, it's no. sadly. I hope it's he does. Sad. I I I hope he I hope I hope he can. I, I, I yeah. I, I don't know. I. Yeah, I, I just I'm not here for the Cleveland bashing. It's like, okay, no. you can bash the Browns organization because they didn't you didn't think that they handled you well or whatever. But yeah, Cleveland the, you fans, can't, the Browns Browns fans, I nothing to do with go his back demise. on Johnny Manziel's draft night and all oh, those videos across the you can world. Find a man. Video, you can I'm not even gonna say it. I'm not even gonna say it. <laughs> the, the, the the reactions of when he was selected, it was madness. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I did not want Johnny. I didn't. And speaking of re- Twitter receipts, I I predicted. I said in the twenty during his twenty thirteen last season in college in twenty thirteen, I compared him to Ryan Leaf. I was afraid he was going to be a you, Ryan Leaf, and I was dead on. But yeah, when they drafted him and they got him at twenty two, you know, let's go. What? what, what you yeah. know? But I knew. Yeah, we'll back after, him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I got him. But man, even it only took for me a few months to go. Man. I don't know, bro. I was at the first game. I was there as a fan. I didn't even work yet. I wasn't working for like, oh. and I was at the first game and I was just like, that first oh. game was like oh. the worst thing I have ever seen. And it Man. wasn't because, you know, and I think when you look, when you actually look at Johnny's, like, you know, his numbers, yeah. they weren't awful, awful. They were not good, but they weren't awful, awful. Yeah. And then, but that game specifically was just oh. like, if looking back, it was like, oh, this guy didn't prepare an ounce. Nope. Didn't prepare a minute. Nope. Like I have never, I was at the Brandon Whedon opener when he threw for five picks, like yeah. against the Philadelphia. Philly, Eagles. right? It was against Philly, one. right? Yeah. yeah. And that yeah. was the game that he got caught under the flag. I was at that <laughs> game. I was in my, I was in my grandfather's seats and that wasn't even as bad as Johnny's first game against the Bengals. That oh, was no. brutal. It was bad. brutally bad. He he looked like he just looked like a. Uh, I honestly, I've played. I've. I am not. I've played quarterback, and I am not saying that I'm any good. I could have put up those numbers that day. Yeah. No, I feel you, dude. I would have. Now the difference <laughs> is that I would have been. I would have prepared my ass off and yeah. still put up those numbers. Yeah. But 
but yeah, but I could have put up those numbers that day. Yeah, and I, I, I just I knew I, I, I like I said I already I had reservations for Johnny for a long time that I just yeah. I just didn't think it was he was gonna train. And it, again, it, it came back to his just his his personal life, and I and and yeah. you know, and I, I I feel for the guy. Addiction's a real thing. And yeah, I, I I wish nothing but the best for the guy. But yeah, you're right for him and John, for him and Josh, for sure. I yeah, do. I wish I, the best for both. Absolutely, of them. absolutely. Yeah. I even I wish Johnny Manziel the best. But like you said, yeah. like dude, Cleveland, Cleveland wanted yeah, to love you, you, bro. You know, you know, you know, Get, you know what? You never, yeah. you know, you never hear Cleveland bashing from Josh Gordon. Yeah, no, you don't. After the after the seven chances he got, dude, here. I still, so, I just still stole a tweet from a someone on my timeline the other day. Picture of Josh Corden, Browns, make it happen. Like, people, there's still people on Twitter that want to bring him up. This goes back to what we were talking about, man. Cleveland loves nothing. Cleveland loves nothing more, nothing more than a player, an ex-player coming back. Nothing. And maybe it's because of LeBron. Maybe it's because of LeBron. But Cleveland loves nothing more than bringing back a guy who was already here. Nothing. Oh, my Lord. Nothing. I can't. Nothing. It's because oh. they have such immense pride in their own, but you're right. Like they love nothing more. No, that's, I think I tweeted, I think I tweeted, <laughs> um, you know, I, cause, and I love playing on that because I yeah. know Cleveland fans like love their old players. Yeah. So like somebody posted like uh, bust your screen as a free agent. I was like, Cleveland question mark, <laughs> you know, yeah. just, to, just because just I to... know what the responses will be. Yeah, exactly. Just to like, like play around a little bit. Yeah. And like people it. are like, people are like, no. And I'm like, Dude, that's that that is you pre- say that I love you say like that. that. That's nice. Oh, yeah. that, it's like a nice. That's like a kind. No, troll. you know what it was. You know what it was. Yes, <laughs> kind troll. You know what it was. It was Jabal Sheard, Barkevius Mingo, and Buster Screener all free agents. And I was like, let's get the man. Let's go. Let's get let's the man go, back together. Baby. Let's go, baby. Let's get I him can't. back. Oh, I love. The, I I like that question. That was a that was a funny. That one. was a good question. Yeah. All right, N- number four. And I, my listeners are probably getting sick of this, and I apologize, guys, but I'm a huge horror fan, man. I mean, I co-host yeah. a horror movie podcast called Dead in Santa Carla. Mm-hmm. Um, so I always like to throw a horror. I have yet to find some. We'll see. Let's find out here. This, this question is a little different. I said, give me a horror movie that you think you would survive in. Andy, I have to be honest with you, and I hope you don't take this the wrong way. I, I cannot wait. stand. I cannot stand horror films. <laughs> cannot. I am a squeamish. I am a squeamish. Scared. Like I do not like it. You know, I it, like happy-go-lucky fun movies <laughs> or drama movies. I yes. can. Oh, I hate. Horror I love movies. riveting drama. Love it. I know, dude. I, and I know you're a film buff, and I know that's. And I love it. I love that for you. But I am so far out of that, I can't take it. Is is there? But a I horror- have. But but because growing up, yeah. growing up, the fun thing to do is to go to the movie theaters, and the girls always wanted to go to like they wanted to go to the horror films. And I'm yeah. sitting there like trying to be like Mr. Macho Man, Mr. like cool, trying try to like yeah, trying to like keep my eyes away from the screen and not be scared. <laughs> like looking to the popcorn, like pretending to close my ears. Oh, I hate it. Yeah, but, it, yeah. But I have seen. I have seen Saw. I have yeah. seen there was Great a movie ending. with there Great was a ending. movie with yeah there was a movie with um Shia LaBeouf it was a horror movie um in not Disturbia He's, yes Disturbia yes, yeah yeah that, that's kind of that's kind of a play slight soft remake to a rear window 
Um, okay, I don't know what a rear window is. But... Real window was uh, uh, Jimmy Stewart was in it. I think I want to say that. Came okay, out. Jimmy Stewart. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, God, I think it was Jimmy Stewart. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it was same kind of thing where you know the someone across the street is is yeah yeah horror. Yeah. Here's the thing. I, I equate it with Browns fans. Like like horror is not for everyone. It's definitely not. It it yeah. takes it takes kind of a sick individual to kind of get into it. I, I, I think, but, I'm, but every to each their own. I mean, I I love that you love it. I don't care. Yeah. I just don't love it. Promise <laughs> you that much. I don't, I'm gonna, I don't like it. I tell you, I'm gonna find guys. We're gonna find a guest here eventually. It's gonna, go, yeah, I freaking love horror movies, man. It's gonna happen. It's gonna, it's happen. gonna happen for sure. It's, it's but it's, gonna... I kind of equate it. I kind of equate it to my so my fam, my dad's in in medicine and like obviously sure. deals with blood and, and guts and I'm yeah. like, the, the fart get me way out of there yeah no i'm chance. not even i'm not even big gore guy like i've You're really just, I, I, it's I more like, of a scare the scare well yeah a little the bit the p- story's big for me because horror movies can be good i yes. think i think what happened a long time ago we're going back decades 30 40 years mm-hmm. ago horror's always been kind of a gate kept genre yeah. um i feel like in the 70s critics and some moviegoers put a box over horror that it's just blood and gore and that's all it is and it couldn't even be more than truthful and here's an example the original texas chainsaw massacre from 1974 which is one of my favorite horror films of all time it's mm-hmm. a horror classic um it has less gore and blood than the movie tropic thunder interesting it does it's a fact you know what's you know what's funny is that I could sit here and listen to you talk about about horror films because yeah. I think it's fascinating. Like you know what you're talking about. Yeah, I just don't want to watch the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. If you ever if you ever get the itch, just ask me. I I, I I'll, the... I'll listen to you, I'll listen to you talk about <laughs> about horror all day as long as I don't have to watch. The but movie. You, some people just don't feel like they just don't like the feeling of being scared when watching a movie, and I get that. Yeah, yeah, that's me. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's definitely. But. I, Horror comedies might be the way to go. Like, do you have you ever seen the original Scream? Yeah, yeah. Like that. Like that's like. Uh, yeah. No. I've. Yeah. So think- I was just gonna say. Um, like okay, I actually like like the Tarantino films. Like oh, they great. always they they always yes. end in you yeah. just like. I love. Um, oh, he's he's my favorite director you know, of all time. Reservoir Reservoir Dogs. Yes. Um, I love Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, I love. Um, I'm a the, huge the, Paul, Paul the Fiction. Hate, the, the hateful hate, Eight. Yeah. Hateful Eight. Yeah. Yep. And like, the, so it's not really the gore. Yeah. I don't think it's more so just like the, like the <laughs> the the scariness of it. Yeah. I, I will say, watching a horror movie is definitely a lot more fun if you're watching it with like a date or a significant other. It is fun because yes. you're together and you're both kind of scared together. Yeah, scared. It's exactly. kind of cute. It's exactly. fun. All right, man. Exactly. That's cool. I like it. I like it. I like it. All right. Number five. This one's kind of easy for you. Well, I don't know if this will be easy for you, but it's a music one. What are the two best concerts you ever attended? Okay. This is a good one. Um, so I have, so obviously um, Frank Sinatra died when I was five. Yes. So I never got to see him. Dean Martin was dead before I was born. No, no. I think he died in like, whatever. I was too young. <laughs> I was right. too young. Could never. Absolutely. Right? Of course. Yeah. So, so Michael Bublé was very much the first kind of singer of sure. that music that was, that was big. 
Right. I mean, Harry Connick Jr. was kind of what I fell in love with, but he was big. And I yeah. looked up. He's I a good actor, to too, by the way. Harry Connick. Yeah, Harry Connick Jr. For Very sure. good actor. He, he actually, he's actually in a forum film coming out. Is he? I'll have to, yeah, I'll, I'll send you the link. Yeah, check it out. Um, but um, yeah, great actor. But Buble was like the first, you know, my first foray into the, 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 the genre. Yeah. So I, I've seen him eight or nine times. That's awesome. Um, and he is definitely, I, I splurged. I, so I, I, I've, I've now seen, yeah, I've seen him eight or nine times, like the last three times I've seen him front row. So the next time oh, I have awesome. tickets in, Cle- I have tickets in Cleveland to go VIP. So that'll be awesome. Um, so he would be my first, but I did go see, um, Guns N' Roses. I loved them. That Me was too. Awesome. I love GNR too, bro. Um, trying to think i loved i saw john mayer at blossom that was great Ooh, that'd be a cool show yeah it was cool yeah. i loved him uh i've seen harry two or three times he's great um i'm trying to think last time i so was at blossom see- was dave matthews band i believe oh, of course of yeah, course long time that's the perfect he's, he's there that's the every perfect year DMV venue. yeah it is it is i gotta tell you that my i was with my friend the other day and she is like she goes oh i have a dave and matthews band i'm like I'm tat- she has a tattoo of Dave, of a Dave Matthews lyric, but she didn't know it. She she just she goes, yeah. The the lyric is from Dave and Matthews band. I'm like, who the hell is <laughs> and? Like what? Where, who is and? Who where is are Dave? You saying? Where is yeah? Who who is the? Where is the date? Who is the Dave and who is the Matthews in this and yes. band that you're talking about? So it was just funny. But yeah, so that's a good one. I'm trying to think. Um, yeah, I mean, Those honestly, just, ones, just 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 because I love my just because I love my genre, you know, that's yeah, I'll go Michael with Buble, but, yeah. and Harry Connick, but um, but I love GNR. You two is great too. I saw you two yeah, first energy; they were cool. I very love that cool. you love music, man. You love music yeah. the way I love film and movies. It's it's yes, it's very for sure. It's, it's funny, like because it's all about, been about Cleveland sports for me and movies since I can remember. Yep. Can it's I Cleveland sports and music? That's yeah, my life has been yeah. Man. Part of that, I've, I've kind of told this story before real quick before I get you out of here. Yeah, go quick. ahead. Um, how the movie love started for me is my dad first opened up a video store in Ashtabula in 1985. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. So I was four years old when he first opened that. And he had that from all the way from I was through high school. I started working in them when I was 12. Uh, yeah. And then I moved to LA when I was 20 and he still had him for a handful of years after that. So that's kind of, awesome. that's where the seed was planted. Just being that's very cool in, in this video. I mean, I was practically raised in a video store and all these, yeah. this is the VHS days. And I would just browse the racks and look at all these old VHS jet cover jackets. That's how I got into horror because I was fast. Cause here's the thing about horror that got right in the eighties. They made the coolest VHS covers. covers yeah. And it just fascinated me. And I used to kind of sneak him home at like age seven, eight, nine, a little bit, little, 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 Love thief, it. little thief son me. I'd bring him back, but, um, but that's how that I got sounds very, yeah, yeah, that sounds very similar to my love of music is yeah. I was, you know, parading through my parents' CD collection and, yeah. um, and then, you know, I was, I was born and raised kind of like around the time that YouTube started and sure like I would, you, I would sit on YouTube for Hours. hours yeah i, hours I believe and it listen, and listen to you know live recordings of sinatra yeah. live recordings of Booba, like every so cool right interview every interview like youtube is a brilliant like it's great for, dude it's i mean it's <laughs> such a simple thing but like it changed the game it really did oh, oh gosh just videos that you're 
videos at your fingertips, fingertips like bro on your like phones, you your your, yeah your like your dad owned a store where you would have to go buy yes a, buy a tape so of an interview or something and then bring it back i mean it's just right at the, your fingertips so get this even when he launched now v like it was very new he got he got into the video store game very early at, right at the right time like vhs yeah if you had the v and like dude like they were like 60 bucks a copy to buy if you wanted to buy them. Wow. a vhs yes Yes. And like so many and people were getting VCRs, but they were super expensive. They got smart and brought down the prices of the, of the few yeah, years went by, yeah. but we, they, he would even rent VCRs as well. Wow. So someone would come in and rent three movies for the weekend or whatever, and a VCR. So yeah, it's, it's amazing how the times have, <laughs> have changed. Yeah. It, it's crazy to me, but, uh, but that's, but that's, I love hearing that story because like, it's, it's, I mean, we all just are, it's it's funny to say but we are such a products of our environment you know yeah yeah i mean it we really are when you're growing up it's such a you know i'm you know i grew up around my grandfather so he took me to sporting events and that's what we love to do so i grew up loving cleveland sports and i listen to music because my parents love music and you know they had all these cds and your dad owned a video store and that's why you love film i mean we are such products of our environments for sure such a fact hayden this was a lot of fun dude Thank yeah, I'm you sorry so I much. talked to you off. <laughs> no, dude, man, I, 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 dude, you were great. You let it fly. I appreciate and, it. And that's, uh, that's, that's exactly I love what I want fly. here. This sounds like uh, just a couple dudes just talking Browns and talking about life, and that's what this podcast is all about, man. So, um, where can the fine folks uh, find you, man? I'm sure most of our listeners know who you are, but uh, you throw some refreshers out there. Where yeah, I gotta, I gotta do some, I gotta do some plugs. So uh, you can find me at h underscore grove on Twitter. But more importantly, um, go check out our Browns Insider stuff on Cleveland.com. Uh, you basically will pay a fee, and you'll get every article, every tweet. You can get subtexts. You'll get texts from me. You'll get texts from Mary Kay. You'll get texts from um, our Brown staff and and basically just letting you know before anyone else about what's going on with the Cleveland Browns. So go check out our Browns Insider again. You can Google it, look up brownsinsidercleveland.com and again, go to cleveland.com slash Browns for all of our Browns coverage. I mean, Mary Kay, we talked about does a fantastic job. Dan Lobby as well. Scott Patsko, my buddy Ellis Williams, who lives around here with me. I just saw him today, actually. Um, He does great X's and O's work. He does Go listen to the orange and brown uh, talk podcast. You hear from all of them, Mary Kay, Dan Scott, everybody. So, um, and Doug Lim Reese as well. Doug has been venturing into the yeah. Browns talk lately. He used to be a Buckeye guy, but now he's all, all shapes and forms. So go, go to cleveland.com slash Browns <laughs> and uh, just enjoy all the coverage. Cause we really do try to give you everything you could possibly need. Yeah. And I can, I reiterate everything Hayden just said. Uh, I mean, yeah. I've, I've been, following cleveland.com and reading the plain dealer for as long as can be it's a yep. b- bunch of talented awesome people over there and th- speaking before real quick doug lay remise butchered his last name i always do doug lay remise he his his some of his press conferences and questions of hugh jackson's have, with hugh jackson are things of legend i'm just gonna th- they really are holy they shit. really are he did not <laughs> yeah they there is something there i don't know Hugh and not, I respect not a fan. That, no, and I and I and Doug pushed too, and I just I love that. I love that. But yeah, anyway, Doug really does. I mean, Doug does a great job. He really does push for sure. Doug labor me. Oh, and that's that's he does a great job. Well, I appreciate you, Hayden, and uh, thanks again for joining me, um, everyone. Thanks for listening as always, and uh, we'll be back next week. Um, I'm 
not sure what we got going on next week, but we'll have something for you. I got something locked in. I'm trying to make some pull, pull something for the next few weeks, actually. So, but thank you guys for listening. Appreciate y'all. And we'll see you on the next episode. Go Browns, baby. Oh, oh, oh.